What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Avakind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at avakind.com. And leave us a message. You can reach us at 833-AVAKIND. Okay, so our book, Work Wife, about the power of female friendship to fuel successful businesses just came out, and we could not be more excited. Order it on ofakind.com, at your favorite indie bookstore, or wherever else books are sold. Follow at WorkWifeHQ on Instagram for news and appearance dates, and tune into this here podcast, where through March, we're interviewing some of the workwives who make us so happy to be part of this club. We are here with Sue Conley and Peggy Smith, the founders of Cowgirl Creamery, who, the, who make cheeses that you definitely have eaten and have definitely. seen at all of your favorite stores. And they have been running their business for years and years and years and years and years. And we are so excited to talk to them about their experience as work wives. Hi, Peggy and Sue. Hello. <laughs> Can you tell us about how you guys met? Well, we uh, met at the University of Tennessee. My roommate was rushing for a sorority and Peggy's roommate was her big sister mm. and that's how we met just in the dormitory at University of Tennessee and how did you guys end up starting this business together oh gosh that's a well we're ready for it <laughs> okay well we both come from cooking backgrounds and Sue owned a restaurant in Berkeley with her partners Betty and Manfred is called Betty's Ocean View Diner and I was a cook and a chef at Chez Panisse for a while Heard in Berkeley. Heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> 17 years. Yeah. Amazing. For 17 years. Wow. And, and both of those places really focused on ingredients and working with producers. And just to make the long story short, uh, Sue had become good friends with Ellen Strauss and her son, Albert, who transitioned to organic with his dairy. And we have had we had many opportunities to travel to Europe and to um, England and meet with different cheese people in our culinary world. And we thought it would be a great idea to use Albert Strauss's milk to make fresh cheese and really help promote the whole organic milk scene. Yeah, that Albert was the first to transition to organic in the mm. West. Mm. 
And uh, it was really exciting because he had to figure out how to treat the animals homeopathically. And he had to figure out how to get the the milk out of the cow and into a bottle. Mm. You know, dairy dairymen don't know how to do that. Albert started working on butter, and Peggy and I decided to make fresh cheese with this delicious milk so that it would be like a concentration of beautiful flavors. What what gave you the confidence to be the ones to start the cheese business? Well, we're both <laughs> we might have been overconfident. <laughs> yeah, us I think too. we might yeah. have been overconfident, but it was also uh, neither one of us shy away from challenges mm-hmm. and it was an interesting challenge we thought to try and do this and we'd seen really good models in Lo- in London we saw a really good model with Neil Shark Gary and mm. we took that as kind of a launching pad. What? Yeah, because they made fresh cheese, but they sold aged cheese from the local farms hmm. and sold them in the city. And that's the key. Like, you can't wait for the visitors to come to the farm to buy the cheese. It has to get into the city where the people are. So we always had the notion that whatever we made, we would want to have a city store. What we did was we opened a store in Point Ray Station right near the dairy and we have a we have a window so you can look in and see how cheese is made and we cool. try and work with all local ingredients and organic as much as possible in our store which still operates today. So that's kind of where we started. What made you guys do it decide to do it with each other? Was that a conversation that you had or it was just an obvious choice? To work together? Yeah. yeah. Well, I had moved to Point Reyes, and so I had established these relationships, and then this old barn came up for sale downtown, and I thought it would just be perfect, but I would love to have Peggy there to make great food. I mean, I thought I could figure out how to make the cheese, and but we needed to have great food for the visitors to the Point Reyes National Seashore, and that would be the thing we know how to do, and we could count on that as a baseline of revenue. Peggy started as the chef of the shop in Point Reyes. How long had you guys been friends for when you started the business together? Uh, since 71. And 71, and then we started the business in 90. Well, we started working on it in 94. Yeah. So and you moved? we opened in 97. And yeah. what's this year? It's We've been friends a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Stopped counting. And you also kind of moved out to California together, is that right? You you drove That's out. True. Nope, you drove out in 1976. Yep. Oh my gosh, yeah, I want to hear about this. I want to hear about this story. Can you tell us about your <laughs> your drive out to Berkeley in 1976 after graduation? All right. Well, <laughs> I can tell you that after school, we're both from the Washington D.C. area, and we had both moved back there, and actually lived with a group of people. And um, <laughs> Sue and I worked at an Irish bar in um, D.C. called Gallagher's Pub. And we had friends on the West Coast, and we thought, hey, you know, this is fun, but why don't we, why don't we save up our money and travel around? And so we bought a 1965 Chevy window van, baby oh blue, gosh. yeah, and <laughs> modified it. So there were beds in the van. 
And three or four of us would travel together at any different time in the van. And um, we honestly didn't have a destination in mind. No. <laughs> we, were, we were seeing the United States. <laughs> and we did for six months, and it was really fun. We drove all over the United States. I don't know how many miles we drove. So the two of you lived together out of a van for six months. Yeah, well, we did stop at relatives and, you know. <laughs> but this is a good relationship test. Much, yeah. much to their dismay. <laughs> but, um, but but it was really fun, and we'd, we'd camp or we'd go stay with people we knew. And we ended up in Eugene, Oregon for a month or two and San Francisco for a month or two, and then we just decided from Eugene that we would just move to San Francisco. So by the time it came time to start this business, was it just like, we've done it all, we know we can handle this too, or were you a little nervous about, you know, if you're starting a business together, are you going to risk the friendship? You know, we didn't, I really like partnerships. Um, This is Sue, and I had a business with Betty and Manfred. We had a restaurant, and I just couldn't imagine doing a solo operation. I really depend on the the camaraderie of partners. And uh, Peggy had such amazing skill and experience from her Chez Panisse days. And I had been running a restaurant for 11 years, you know, with Betty and Manfred. And so uh, we felt really confident that we had the combined skills to make it successful. Yeah, and I'd say that um, at Chez Panisse, we always work collaboratively, and, and I think the same at Betty. So it wasn't a stretch to think, oh, let's do this together. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of a natural progression. Why do you think your personalities work well together in a partnership? Uh, well, this uh, real estate person who was showing us um, locations one day he said so i get it sue is the gas pedal and peggy's the brake (laughs) (laughs) i love that it's really good (laughs) i think that describes it you know that um we both have really great ideas but peggy is much more um measured and careful in um execution you need um, that. And I think that really is important. You know, it's it's great to have a wonderful big idea, but unless you really can figure out the detail of it, it's not necessarily going to succeed. And I will say that it was, a, we, we had uh, a lot of obstacles. It wasn't really um, easy going when we started our business because, Of course, banks didn't really want to lend to women. Of course not. Why would they? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was not far from the time that you couldn't get a credit card if you were a woman without Mm -hmm. getting your husband to co-sign. Mm -hmm. So that part was difficult, and um, the people in our town thought we were a little bit nuts for for trying to pursue it. But, um, But we are both very... Driven, I would say. And, and also, uh, you know, we're very hands-on even today in our management style. Mm-hmm. And we expect that from others as well, the people who we ha- put into leadership positions. How do you guys split up your roles in the company? It, it kind of changes, you know, over time. But at this point, I'm in charge of marketing and retail and Peggy has 
wholesale and production and distribution. Yeah. Yeah. And how can we talk about the scale of the business? You have two creameries and four retail stores. Is that right? Well, not exactly. We have two. We have two retail stores, two creameries, and then a warehouse slash office building. Okay. Okay. Um, the the retail is it's divided into cheese shop and um, food takeout in in the two locations. So. It could be considered four different places. It's okay. a little bit um, com- complex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Hungry Root for sponsoring today's episode. Hungry Root is a brand of healthy food that comes directly to your doorstep, so you can have an easy, delicious dinner on the table in minutes. All of the food they send to you is made with clean ingredients and is nutrient-dense, with the fiber, protein, complex carbs, vitamins, and minerals you need to feel great, with no preservatives, artificial ingredients, refined sugars, trans fat, or additives. They send you fresh, pre-prepped ingredients that turn into delicious, nutritionally balanced meals. The crew at Hungry Root does the work for you, from the chopping to the sauce making to telling you what to pair with what, so most dishes are ready in less than 10 minutes. Hungry Root also recently introduced new non-plant-based proteins like salmon and chicken sausage, as well as gluten options. However, Hungry Root is tailored to your individual diet, so you can still make your experience 100% vegan, vegetarian, or gluten-free if that's what you're into. Man, this thing has been such a dream as a new mom and someone who just had a book come out and who generally has zero time on her hands to think about foods. What have you been excited about recently? I've been really into the salmon Brussels grain bowl, which is exactly the type of thing I would, you know, shop for and make from scratch if that were the type of thing I was doing these days. Yeah, if you had any time for that. It's not the type (laughs) of thing I'm doing these days. Nope, nope, nope. We've also both been really excited about the crunchy walnut date muesli, which it's very good. You Excellent. Can, I like that you can put some hot water in it and it's sort of a hot cereal situation. You could do milk. You could do yogurt. You could also just be lazy and eat it dry. That's the zero minute preparation. I call that one the new mom special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're gluten free, nut free, vegetarian, vegan, dairy free or omnivore, Hungry Root only shows and sends you food that fits your diet, your tastes and your schedule. Get $25 off two deliveries when you visit HungryRoot.com backslash a few things. Again, that's $25 off two deliveries when you visit HungryRoot.com backslash a few things. Thanks to Hungry Root for sponsoring today's episode. How big is your team? It's 100. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's really inspiring to me to hear that you guys are so hands-on and that you expect that of your team and that, you know, at this size and this many years in, that's something that you can say really confidently because I think it's something that Eric and I are naturally sort of prone to being hands-on She means we're micromanagers. Yeah. But I think Uh, it's because we really care. We really know what we want. And I think there can be this pressure from sort of the more traditional corporate business world for leaders to say like, oh, I'm going to take my hands off the day today and I'm going to um, just think focus bigger on big picture. picture. Yeah. yeah. But I do think, you know, as as women and as people who started our own business, it's it there is a value to um, and, a, and a reason why we are so hands on about it. And I think one of the things that's been really inspiring for us in doing all of these interviews with other work wives is women like you who just, you know, who own who own these these uh, tactics and are proud of them and, and uh, reinforce them in one another, too. Yeah, and I think one of the things I've really um, noticed about women-owned businesses is that, and this may not sound true, but for us, 
you know, of course we want to be profitable, but that's not our only goal. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and um, we're really community-minded, mm-hmm. and our business, our mission statement, how outdated that may be, is, is really about community and not about, um, not about profit. But profitability is certainly important in order for the company to survive. That's definitely something we've heard from other people we've spoken to, too, and I think it it emphasizes the fact that a lot of the women that we've talked to, they take pride in building good businesses, mm-hmm. not just profitable businesses. Mm-hmm. Businesses that bring, you know, something positive to the world and to the people working for them um, as the motivating factors. As as yeah. you guys are growing your team and growing the company and thinking about that, are you how, are you mostly making decisions together still, or are you... Like, Dividing and conquering. Yeah. No, we... we continue to make decisions together and you know there's a lot of we'll we'll disagree with each other on uh, different ideas that are presented but if we both agree then we know it's the right decision and we'll move forward when we both agree and what do you do when you disagree we keep hashing it out Mm -hmm. what are the what does the hashing out look like for you two how do those how do those conversations go down do In, in my perspective, oftentimes it will be where the person who feels the strongest about their position is usually the one that presents the strongest case. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then the other person will end up agreeing. Even if there's a little hesitation, I think that the person will agree and will go through with it full steam ahead. We have been working together so long that we kind of know the perspective of the other Mm-hmm. And we do ask in our weekly management meetings for feedback from the the different leaders of division. So, you know, we're not we're not completely dictatorial. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys? And so you have these weekly meetings with the management, your management team. But do you have weekly check ins that are just the two of you? Oh yeah, and they're those- supposed to. Well, actually, I think we almost have daily check-ins, but right. <laughs> they and you, don't always have agendas. I tell you what, I think that we could be better in that area. When I had my uh, previous partnership, we had dinner every Wednesday night at 5 o'clock mm. at Chez Panisse where, and Peggy cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so like a nice a way to do to it. Eat, it was a treat to eat that food, but we would be sometimes in tears. Mm. Sometimes screaming, <laughs> but I like the idea of that weekly um, dependable meeting that could maybe be a little bit uh, special too. Right, right, right. What about your friendship? Do you guys make time for your friendship separate from work? Oh yeah, we actually live about two blocks away, and we probably eat dinner almost once a, a week together. Oh my That's God. lovely. Yeah. Do you go out places or do you cook together? We cook usually. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yourself talking about work during those times? Peggy won't talk about work. Good no. for you, Wait. Peggy. Thank you. I would. <laughs> it's nice to take a break. <laughs> it is. I think it's good not to always be talking about break uh, about work or, or then it's not so much about your friendship. It's more about work. Right. And I really like to... Um, disconnect unless there's some real issue that I need to think about when I'm home. 
because uh, I I think I need a break. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think that your friendship influences your working relationship? Well, I think it. The friendship is uh, transparent, you know, in the organization, and um, I think people know that we're honest with each other, and it it gives a transparency and an honesty to every day in the office or in our other locations that is contagious. That's not exactly what you asked. No, yeah. but, no it, but, I, but it is, I, in a way. I do think that people can't try and play us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, good good boss, bad boss. Right. Yeah. Were there hard decisions that you guys have had to make about money specifically? Yeah, there were. I mean, we one of the... One, we, one decision was, well, there are a couple, like when do we develop a new creamery or mm-hmm. when do we expand our retail? And we did open a shop in Washington, D.C. in 2003. I think it was 2003. Whatever the year the recession started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was that year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so then there was just the whole thing about should we keep going should we close it and that was that was kind of a decision that was difficult to come to when you say so yeah definitely and then the whole idea of uh financing is was really difficult because we couldn't get bank loans we tried to get um equity investors or you know private lenders and uh, that that was incredibly difficult was in those moments was it hard on your relationship or what or did it strengthen oh, yeah. you no it was really hard I mean, because you know you, you almost felt like giving up yeah but i don't think it was hard on the relationship i think it was hard as um, on the business it, on the business and and not so much the relationship, but whether we should continue the relationship with the business mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah was there a point at, at which the business grew enough where you guys did start to feel comfortable and said, like, we have a sustainable, successful, profitable business on our hands, and we know that we can keep doing this? Yeah, I think, um, actually, the, I think the part that was really um, telling was right during, right when the recession started and our business continued to grow moderately, but it yeah. still continued to grow. And... Um, and that made me, and I think Sue, feel really secure that, okay, so after the recession is over, this will really continue on um, in a healthy financial situation. Yeah, and, you know, we did um, another very difficult uh, decision was we sold our business about three years ago mm-hmm. to a larger company. And... Um, that's because we looked in the mirror and realized we were getting old. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to figure out what to do because we don't have, neither one of us has children. And, uh, you know, what do you do with this this thing? Um, and we wanted the, the relationships that we had developed and with the people that we've worked with to be able to continue with the same uh, purpose. And so in order to, you know, we didn't really want to do investment, uh, what do you call that? 
uh, investment bankers or mm-hmm. yeah, know, like, like private equity. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we didn't really want that because I've always been afraid that those could be the turn and burns and, and mm-hmm. all the people that have, have helped us build the business so um, steadily would be kind of lost mm-hmm. or not. They'd be left without their positions, and that really wasn't okay with us. Yeah, so the, dairy, the company we sold to was a, a dairy company, mm-hmm. and uh, they really understand the business. Uh, and did it change your relationship at all when you had the pressure, some of that pressure lifted where you, you had successfully sold the business? Uh, not really. Um, I, I'm on a different timeline than Peggy, so I'm going to cut back in February and Peggy's going to stay till so June. As long as necessary. <laughs> or as long as necessary. <laughs> I, so I'm a little more ready than Peggy, but we figured out how to do that and we found a um a great woman to take the lead when we're when we're no longer there though we're both staying on as ambassadors and you know mentors Mm -hmm. peggy are you nervous um i'm not nervous i just think there's a lot to learn and Mm -hmm. um I just don't want to leave somebody in the lurch. Yeah. 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 What advice do you two have for for women who are thinking about going this path together and who are thinking about forming a partnership themselves? Well, I think if you're going to start a business, it's really important to have uh, a good business plan and have different kinds of timelines for how you want to move the business forward, you know, one year, five year, 10 years, where you want to be, and what your vision is for the company when it's uh, in full bloom. And I think it's really important to know the person, the partner that you're going to be in the business with pretty well, because there are so many stressful times. I do think it's important to have experience in the business yes. realm that you're, you know, we're in the food business, right. so there's many, many people who go into it without ever having worked in the in that kind of business, and it's quite shocking, the level of physical work and the number of things that you need to be expert in. I mean, I never thought I needed to be expert in septic systems, but I am. <laughs> This has been wonderful. Thank you both so much for coming on. You guys um, are such an inspiration, and it's it's really wonderful to hear you tell your story. That's the show. If you liked this episode, you will love our book, Work Wife, out March 5th. It can be purchased on ofakind.com, your friendly local bookstore, anywhere else books are sold. Also, write us a Goodreads review. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Follow us at Of A Kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on the podcast, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints, and we are recording at Alex's house. <laughs>